Welcome to Better Family Travel with Amy and Kathleen, the podcast where we'll help you plan fun, enriching, and affordable experiences for you and your family that meet your goals. We'll ask ourselves hard questions, reveal our mistakes, and share a new perspective on what better family travel can look like for you. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or your journeys are just starting, you're a better family traveler just by tuning in. Welcome back to Better Family Travel. I'm Kathleen Monroe with Amy DeCesare. Hey, Kathleen. How are you? I am doing great today. The weather's turning. We're getting outside more. We have some travel plans in our back pocket. Some of them are local. Some of them are a little bit farther out, which we can talk about a little bit later. But I just wanted to say thank you for your post on our Facebook group about the flight, the things to think about with summer flights coming up. Um, My mom is about to get on a plane to Florida in the next 24 hours. Um, And it was interesting for me to go through the article really quickly and just think about some of the considerations that we might need to have. So what made you choose that article for right now? I just happened to see it. You know, I think it's a lot of people. I actually got my first vaccine shot. Wade and I got it last Friday and we came back from it. And I think I was home for a half an hour when I'm like, maybe we should go to Disney World. Like, <laughs> I think we should go to like the free pass to go oh my somewhere. God. I was like, do you ever do this? Like I basically, I do this all the time. It's I like, I basically plan the whole trip and I'm like, I figured out the whole thing and it kind of got it out of my system a little bit. We were going to stay at Fort Wilderness Campground. I'm like, that'd be good because we're outside. We could stay away from people. And I had I the flights were not too bad. I had the whole thing worked out. We wouldn't have had to rent a car. Yada, yada, yada. We're not going anyway, but I'm sure you're not the only one that satisfies the itch by kind of diving into searching for rentals on Verbo or yeah. looking at the ticket prices. I've spent a good 45 minutes twice a week for the last couple of weeks looking at like prices like, oh, we should catch this deal before you know, it goes away. I actually still haven't felt comfortable enough to pull the plug on those decisions yet, but it's coming. It's coming. I can tell it's coming. Well, let me introduce my friend, Julia Boyce, who is our guest tonight and bring her into the conversation because I am sure that she has thoughts to add on this as well because I just feel like I need to get somewhere. I need to go somewhere. I did book a flight today, but first, Julia, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. We are excited. So (laughs) Julia and I have been friends for a lot of years. Um, (laughs) uh, We actually went to high school, junior high and high school together, but we weren't friends in junior high and high school. We knew of each other, but we weren't friends. And we met shortly after Julia had graduated from college. I was still going to college, mostly because I was on the decade plan. And we worked in a morning school, like before school program childcare. And that's how we met. Like, and we just would crack each other up and have the best time just, and in the morning you either like stupor through or you become really good friends. And I am very lucky to say Julia and I became very good friends. Yeah. It was great working together. Yeah. So I invited Kathleen Julia on because she has such a really interesting perspective on travel, right? No, that's, that's true. Right? You've had many different experiences. I have. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and tell Kathleen and our Better Family Travelers a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, I'm Julia, as you know. So I was born in England when we came over here. And in England, travel is different because you're given like four weeks of vacation time, like 
as a starter at any job. Like that's just the basics. Like my uncle, I think retired with like eight weeks of vacation time, which you just don't get over here. So I think when we came to the States, my my family just expected to do travel. So I was very, very lucky to, to do vacations and it kind of evolved as we got older. And I'd like to think I've, you know, I'd like to do more travel now, but it doesn't happen with a farm. So it's a little bit tougher. Julia, how old were you when you came to the States? Three. And you have an older brother? Yes. And your mom and dad? Yes. How did you guys end up moving to the United States? My father was a chemist at the time, and he was doing some big things in the chemistry world. And his company had a branch out here in the States in Providence, Rhode Island, and they actually wanted him to come over here. So when he first looked at it, he just looked at it as a free trip to America, you know, to, you know, if he looked at the job. But when he came over here, he really liked America, and he made a deal with my mom that they could always go back, like, you know, that the other job still stood. So we came not knowing how long we'd spend and you know, we just never went back. <laughs> I miss England, but I, I, I love America too. So it's, you know, it works. It's three funny. is very little. Three yeah. is really, really young. Yeah. Do you have any direct memories of that transition or are they mostly based on stories and photographs? All stories and photographs. Yeah, we used to go back every other year. So that was our, that was the vacation as a kid up until oh gosh probably till almost 15 16 years old it was every every other year we'd go back to england see the relatives do a little sightseeing and those were my memories of england like there's nothing before that other than like you say stories and how long did you stay when you went we'd go for about 10 days so now it's super extended time did you stay with family we stayed with family yes so it was kind of like a vacation but not yeah, it was, you know, it was just hanging out. Well, for, and... <laughs> for you, her parents, it wasn't quite like a vacation. It might have been for the kids. <laughs> exactly. You know, we still did some of the tourist things. You know, go to Stonehenge or a bath or something like that. But overall, it was just, you know, hanging out with the relatives because we hadn't seen them in so long. Julia, you've gone back with your family to England, haven't you? Have you taken the girls? I have. I took them when they were about three. So oh, okay. Three, four, and they're what nineteen and twenty-one now. So so they don't remember. They don't remember. My uncle comes over here quite a bit. He's got. He stays in a timeshare in Newport. But even that's been a few years now. But they don't remember that. And I've gone over once since then by myself for a wedding. But okay. even that was quite a while ago. It's been a long time. Well overdue. You know, and leading up to the show today, you and I, it was nice. We, we got to have a, a great conversation, but you were talking a little bit about how the philosophy of travel is just so different. And, and you started talking a little bit just the time, but when your dad came over here and brought the family over here, what was your parents' expectation on travel for you and your family? And how, how did they bring that out for you and your brother? I, I think they wanted to see the United States, like in Europe, you you know, you can get in a car and travel. You can, you know, you can go to a lot of different countries really easily. So I think he saw it as seeing a lot of different states. And so we started by doing road trips. You know, we'd drive down to Tennessee. We'd drive, you know, we'd go see the Blue Ridge Mountains. We'd, you know, in your typical just drive until dad's, because dad was the only one that drove, you know, back then that was the guy thing to do. It's not like today. And you know, so we'd stay in just some motel at the side of the road and, you know, go rock mining or whatever was the little roadside attractions with no real plan, you know. And then as we got older, they, it became more, instead of going to England, we'd go to, say, Barbados or Hawaii. Like, I was very blessed to go on quite a few nice trips. 
Yeah, that's I, eight weeks off would be really, really nice. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine? No, I, <laughs> I'm, I actually, truthfully, have a very generous PTO policy at at my job, so it's not it's not that far off. If you're there for 15 years, you get seven weeks. So that is nice. It is nice. So I, I should be careful uh, compared to a, a lot of people, you know where people are changing jobs in their forties and the people want to start them off with two weeks. And you're like, I can't even get my kids to the doctor's appointments with two weeks of vacation time, <laughs> exactly. right? Never mind. Take them somewhere and show them something. It's too. F- <laughs> so my company is international and they really are very good to us. And I, and I am not just saying that because I'm being recorded. They really, and in COVID, I can't be more grateful for the company that I work for. They have been phenomenal to their employees, worrying about our health, our safety, our families. So I'm really happy about that. But one of one of the things that they do is we send out emails internally to like let people know when there's offices closed. And let me tell you, you're very much aware of the difference <laughs> in policies and vacation uh, and just regular approach to holidays when you're like Asia has the like the 85th day off it feels like of the year. And <laughs> you know, like Bermuda's got the days off in Ireland and in the UK and we're like we close at 3, you know. And <laughs> And, and and I say that like doing, I work for a really good company that is generous with it, you know, yes. but it is such a different philosophy. You know, I, I'll talk to some of my colleagues who are in Asia and they're like, no, this is my annual leave. And they're like, and they mean like for a significant period of time, like, yes. I don't know if it's two or three weeks, like, no, I just, you know, this is when I take my leave, you know. That's interesting. So I've done teletherapy. Julie, I'm a speech pathologist. And so okay. we can do speech therapy in person locally you can do telepractice like telemedicine and there's a lot of talk among my colleagues about where you're allowed to do therapy based on where you're licensed. So if I were to do speech therapy for a client in California, I would have to be licensed in California. But, you know, COVID has really opened up a lot of options Mm -hmm. for a lot of different professions, including my own in terms of the types of work schedules that you have available to you. And one thing I hadn't thought about was overseas, because I wonder if you could, if you could really take advantage of the different work philosophy by working for an organization in another country that has a more vacation friendly work policy and still be here in my home stateside, you know, and, and kind of get the best of both worlds. I mean, that's very out of the box thinking in terms of what you do with your career. I tend to be comfortable in, in what's predictable and what I'm familiar with, but Mm -hmm. I do every once in a while kind of think about, but I wouldn't know about these different options if we didn't have these conversations. So maybe somebody, maybe someone who's younger and a little more adventurous and, you know, not as tied to the the nine to five schedule because of my children's school schedule. Maybe, maybe just even talking about this is going to open an opportunity for someone to look into a work, yeah. you know? Absolutely. I find it, Julia, on a, a previous show that we did a couple episodes ago, we spoke with a teacher and actually Julia is a teacher by background too. So that is her training as well. And, but we talked with Amy Lapsus, who's also 
a teacher and she went to Australia for four weeks with her family on an extended trip to look at outdoor education facilities, preschools, which you might find really interesting just with knowing what you do. And one of the things that she found was how the outdoor, and Kathleen will be able to summarize it better, but the outdoor nature of it was also helpful for their speech. And so Julia ran a preschool on her farm for years. So that's why I thought she might find it interesting traveling right to her own backyard. But there is something about that extended travel. And in that episode, that's what we talked about, how, you know, extended travel in one place really makes you see the culture in such a different way. You know, on a normal trip, you don't go to the grocery store, but when you're there for a while, you have to, and you start to do it. And it's just... You know, your parents came looking at his extended trip and ended up staying and falling in love with the culture, you know, the culture that we all take for granted, or many of us take for granted, because this is where we started, you know, and so where we look at Australia that way, I think it's really cool that they're like, let's go to the US, you know, which is pretty neat. One of the trips when when we first met years ago, you had done a trip at that time. It had been fairly recently, I think, with your dad. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah. So part of my father's bucket list was to raft it down the Grand Canyon. And my father couldn't swim. So my mom was afraid to send him alone. <laughs> and she didn't want to camp under the stars with bugs and things. So so I got it as like a graduation gift, actually. It was right after I graduated from college. So we're going back to 94. And it was just a phenomenal trip. It was We took the, the extended trip. So it was 12 days, 11 night in the, in the Grand Canyon. Went in at a place where you could literally just walk you know to the water and it just phenomenal trip just you know because talk about bonding and there were only forget i think there were only like eight of us that did the whole 12 days so we made friendships that you'd never you know that i still occasionally hear from those people and you know and it was you know you're down there you're in the canyon i mean we had a 12 year old boy and his father and the father had to be helicoptered out of there because he got sick in the middle of the canyon and i mean it's things you have to think about but those the guys the staff were ready for it you know they were prepared the guy was fine we had another couple they were on their honeymoon they were doing like a around the country type of thing and they were on their honeymoon families individuals couples it was just a nice time but talk about like absolutely bonding with my dad because we would we'd find out where like they do group hike and we'd find out like the night before where the morning's hike was and go do it by ourselves so it was just dad and daughter and you know go check it out and we were just putting tarps down on the sand and sleeping under the stars. And in the canyon, you see more stars than you'd ever, ever see. And then at the end of it, they actually helicoptered us out of there to this little tiny airport in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> there was nothing to be seen. We'd, and we hadn't showered in 12 days. Like the water kept you clean, but you hadn't showered. So you showered there and then they took us to Vegas for our <laughs> flight home. So it was like a total culture shock. <laughs> It was it was really good. It was really it was really nice bonding time with my dad, like something I could never have asked for and never have planned. Yeah, I remember, you know, your stories about that and that that trip just sounded phenomenal and just the chance to get to know your parents better, especially if you've just graduated from from college and you're heading off to, you know, on to starting your life. Were you yeah. were you engaged at that point when you went off with I your dad? I wasn't engaged, but I was dating my husband. It was I wasn't quite engaged yet. 
It was getting close. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like this is encouraging, too, because some of our guests have talked about as our kids are getting older and into their teenage years, those last opportunities we have to travel as, as a whole family. And mm -hmm. I think there's a little bit of mourning there as people are talking about these opportunities coming and then going. But you're letting us know, too, that there's another option that's slightly different. It's not the whole family going yep. on vacation together or to Disney World together, but there's something that could possibly be more profound and lasting on, you know, that adult level that it's something to look forward to. You know, yes, maybe we miss those little kid travel vacation years when you can have a bucket and a pail <laughs> and the beach for the day, because those are wonderful vacations too. But what you're talking about is something so much bigger. Yeah. That. My daughter and husband came back today, actually, from they took they both have horses and they have a horse trailer that's a camper. And they just went down to Gettysburg and did like a his, the historic trails before she goes to college, you know, so it was, they just did that together, which was nice. And they do a lot of horseback camping together. Who chose that trip? Who decided where to go? He chose Gettysburg because he's always wanted to show it. But they, they do discuss it together, though, and decide on where they're going to go to the Allegheny Mountains a lot. They took me to the Allegheny Mountains this past July during COVID, which was great. We got to get out. It was, you know, it's a campground, so it's all open air. And I borrowed someone's horse, which I don't know who on their right mind loans a beginner rider a horse and take, to take in the mountains, but they did. She's a wonderful woman. <laughs> She's a saint. And, you know, it, I mean, it was fascinating. I mean, the nature that's up there is completely different than Rhode Island and you know we saw the rattlesnakes and oh, lots lots of snakes you know we stay right in our camper which you know comfortable it's it's nice and when the kids were little we also had a travel trailer camper that we'd take down to Pennsylvania a lot so it makes it a very inexpensive trip when you travel with a camper and you know you can pick those campgrounds that don't necessarily have all the you know water slides and arcades and all that stuff so the kids have to kind of hang out with you well that is actually a little bit about what amy lapsus's discoveries were is that when kids are left in nature without external entertainment they find entertainment and they problem solve and they communicate more and so it might be a little bit creaky at first as kids who are not used to occupying themselves in that open-ended way, you know, Amy DeCesare and I talked about this just the other night, you know, what you do when you step back and let your kids just spend time unstructured, you know, what that looks like, yeah. but a campground where you have to communicate and past time in a way that requires a little bit more creativity and social skills is that's really really valuable yeah i mean that's what we chose we chose just this little campground that all it had was a swing set in the bathrooms and it worked out great you know right in amish country so as amy probably knows too well my kids became obsessed with the amish for a while dragging around in amish dresses with little amish scooters and <laughs> it was interesting but it was good because you know we enjoyed it we probably did that trip a little bit too much like i wish we'd seen a a little bit more while they were younger, but it was still, it was fun, you know. Well, Julia, that's one of the things that Kathleen and I have talked about. We've talked about our early on in one of our, we talked about our expectations of what travel would look like based on our own family travel or either doing what we liked from our own childhood or doing the opposite, you know, and how our own experiences have, have fed into that. And then the other thing we've talked about is Kathleen and I have gone back and forth quite a bit on whether like the the family tradition, the repeat trips versus the spreading out. And and I hear you know what you've said. You know 
that you guys did get a lot of value about going to that same place, but you grew up going to many different places. And now that your girls are older, you know, for those of us who are, are still kind of making some of those daily decisions or not daily, like once a year, if we're lucky, let's be honest. You know, you just, I heard you just say that maybe you wish you'd gone somewhere else. Talk a little more about that. I think different places would have been interesting just to learn about different places. I mean, that's where I had the advantage as a kid. I got to see all these different areas and I have different memories from different areas. So it's not, it's not like, okay, you know, we went and we saw the Amish and we, you know, we did do rock mining. My Kendra, who's my youngest, and you know she was really into rocks and minerals at the time so we went to a lot of different places like that and julianne was into birds so we went to a lot of different bird things down there so we did see different things but overall it was the same trip and as they got older julianne started doing archery and we traveled her and i traveled a lot for the archery sometimes bill and kendra would come too but most of all it was just her and i which was nice because we got to see although it was from the archery field we got to do traveling that we might not necessarily done. Before. Was that for competitions or what? How, how does one yeah. travel for archery? Right. It was, it was for competitions. She was, she was pretty good when she was doing it. So it was, you know, we were going to Alabama doing like national competitions and things. So. Wow. Where else did you go? We went to Alabama. She went to some in Ohio, some local ones like Connecticut, Mass. Um, a lot of the kids go to actually Florida, Arizona, and uh, Vegas, I believe though. There's one in California. I think there's one in Vegas, but yeah, there's some big shoots and, you know, it just depends on time and money. And yeah. Were you able to turn that into a little mini vacation as well as we did? It was nice to get away. You know, when we went to Alabama, the another mom and her son and myself and my daughter, we drove down. So we made it, you know, we made it a road trip. We, we stopped in Tennessee and that's like where the weird world goes because, you know, we stopped at a random Applebee's in Tennessee and bumped into a friend that I hadn't seen in ages from Rhode Island. So it's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're sitting that's there and, nuts. You walk and it's like, I know her, like, you know, oh my goodness. So, you know, it, it, but it was, it was neat. And like, you know, a lot of the time it was the kids hanging out together and the parents hanging out together, but it was just, you, you weren't in Rhode Island anymore. You were out doing something else and. You know, we have some bucket list places. We want to go to Tennessee right now. We, we'd we like to see, you know, that sort of area just to just see a different part of the country. You have just you have the trailer now with that has the horse trailer combined. Yes. Yeah. And believe yes. it or not, it's actually more comfortable than the little travel trailer we had like space wise. Like I'm I'm five foot eleven. So some of these beds are short. <laughs> <laughs> That's my one thing. If you're going to get a trailer, make sure it's long enough to. <laughs> In my constantly trying to plan a vacation, especially during COVID, because early on, I was trying to talk Wade into it. I'm like, what if we rent an RV? Like, we could do this. Like, we'll rent an RV over April vacation and we'll just drive south because I am so freaking sick of the north. Like, I am just so sick of winter. I am done with it. Like, I've been watching, like, beachfront bargain hunts on, like, Discovery Plus, and I never (laughs) watch TV. And my husband's going to lose his mind. And he's like, why? I'm like, because I can keep seeing the water. I'm just, it's warm and tropical. And I, like, I hate, so he who hates Florida, I'm like, yeah, we're going to move to Florida. We're going to get a lanai and we're going to be on the water intercoastal. He doesn't really want to go boating or to Florida or in the sun. And I'm like, well, we need to do this for a little while. But anyway, so, uh, but... I looked into it and I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like it's, it starts off sounding reasonable. Right. And so I, I want to say it was like 
$250 a night, which you're like, okay, well, that's about what a hotel room might cost if you're like, you know, staying at a nicer hotel for a family of five. Da, da, da. Well, then night after night, plus then you have to buy the like rent the bedding and the place settings and like you haven't gotten gas and you still haven't put the RV hooked up to anywhere yet. And I started pricing it out. And if we like drove to Florida, I don't think we get out of it for like under five, six grand. Yeah. You have to think about is you also, it's hard to like go and then wherever you want to go for sightseeing or whatnot, you've got an RV or you have to rent a car or you have to bring a car or it's a whole nother. Yeah. That's the nice thing with the horse trailer. We can detach it. And when we had the travel trailer trailer, you could detach it, you know, but we also had trucks. So that wasn't, you know, the horse trailer is actually pulled by a small Mac because it was cheaper than buying like a Ford F-350. Okay. A lot cheaper. So, but yeah, it is tough. As you know, we have the advantage because my husband is a private pilot and we also have a plane. So. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes me feel really snobby and rich, but a plane, like owning a plane is no different than owning an extra car. It's Wait, 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 wait. You own a plane? Hold on. I had, I had camper questions, but forget the camper questions. We can do a camper episode because I have a lot of camper questions, but... <laughs> so it could be the next episode. <laughs> so real, real people don't have plans. <laughs> now, not everyone knows Julia as well as I do. Julia lives. She's a farmer. She's like, like. Wait, wait, I, wait. This is is cool. there a la- is there a baby lamb in your house? I, I, no, I, there's I, the baby I, lamb. Yeah, for those oh. of you who can't um see, she just pulled the baby lamb up and she's in her house, pulled the baby lamb she's taking care of. It's really cute, up onto her lap. Yeah. No, and tell us about Okay, so tell us about your private plane again. So <laughs> So my husband had always wanted to be a pilot and Oh, I forget how old Julianne was and she got really into flying and whatnot. And he decided to take flying lessons once and for all. And in the meantime, everything kind of evolved and he ended up purchasing a plane. I mean, it was not, it's not what you'd expect. Like when it's not a ridiculous price, you can buy a plane for the same price you can buy a car. And he bought one. It, it was actually a very good deal. We, you know, it was, we flew out to Ohio to see it and it ended up being, we asked the guy why it was so cheap. And he said he was looking for the right people for it because he was emotionally attached to it. So we ended up buying it. And then my husband ended up taking a job in Ohio. So he actually flies himself to and from Ohio every other week, pre COVID during COVID, he hasn't had to go out fortunately, but it does make it. I mean, they've also taken the horse trailer out there with the horses. They've got a campground that, well, they've got a horse farm that lets them, stay there excuse me stay there and uh do the horse thing so how long is the flight to ohio from home it depends on tailwinds but it's only like three or four hours as opposed to a 10-hour drive if there's no traffic yeah but like an air commute is the coolest thing ever yes. <laughs> can passengers go in this plane so more it's, than a four-seater yeah four-seater he's actually done things as one there's an organization called i think it's i forget whether it's pause i think it's pilots for pause where they transport rescue dogs so he's had a rescue dog in his plane to bring back to somebody that was in boston and wait what's that agency called i want to link to that on i our page. think it's uh pilots for pa- pilots for pause it could be paused for pilots but i think it's pilots i'll for look pause. it up that's really cool yeah. what a cool organization which was a kind of neat thing so somebody you know they they ferry the dogs so they knew that he was going from ohio to rhode island so the people drove out from boston to pick up the dog at the airport and you know, and, uh, but yeah, it's neat. We used to do more like this, this is where I feel like it's like the snobby. Like, I am just like such the, the angel <laughs> tell you, I got like holes in my seal kitchen ceiling and stuff. I'm not like this, <laughs> but 
Um, <laughs> my favorite thing to do is to take the plane to Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> now I understand why you preface that. Like, why is she like she's a farmer? Like, what is she? Oh, sorry. But to Martha's Vineyard has a grass strip runway where you can fly in and you can park at the end of the runway and walk across the street to the beach. <laughs> so I'm just going to pause this for a second here. I'm going to go back to your story. Sometimes podcast listeners do a thing like a bingo card. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's going to be a better family travel bingo card, I'm telling you. It is going to be when Kathleen interrupts the guests. That's going to be one of them. It's going to be when there's feedback. It's going to be when somebody mentions Cape Cod. Yeah. <laughs> because every episode, even though I'm trying to find non-Cape Cod girl, like I just cannot. This is what we do. So you win the Better Family Travel bingo, and I'm going to find some giveaway for you guys. Like, I'll find something that the person, I'm going to make the board, and the person that can fill the board first, like, you get. But you just, like, for episode number 13, we have our Cape Cod reference. Thank you very much, Julia. <laughs> okay. So we also should have a, a Kathleen tangent, because that's another one. So what is ideal about a grass runway versus versus going it's somewhere just, else it's just well it's just the fact that you can fly in there and walk across the street to the beach like you don't you don't have to do the ferry you don't have to deal with the traffic you don't have to do any of that stuff you so just, you just fly into the monsters vineyard for the day go to the beach and come home yeah we usually have lunch at the airport too they got a nice little restaurant does your husband get mad if there's sand in the plane <laughs> no but we are really sand in the station wagon <laughs> Do you have to make plans like that ahead of time? Do you have to, like, how far ahead do you have to tell, like, Martha's Vineyard and their grass lake, or do you just show up and you land there? You just show up and you land there, unless there's some reason, like when when Obama was vacationing there, it, the airspace was closed quite a bit. So yeah. that was, a, you know, that was an issue because you couldn't fly in. But that was an issue throughout the whole island anyhow. So, but for overall... You know, I mean, he's been, I mean, one time we were going down to D.C. and they actually uh, diverted us down the Hudson River. So we got to fly the Hudson River. Um, Beautiful. Phenomenal. It was just. Beautiful. It was, yeah. It was really neat. I've done a ton know, of hiking along that corridor. Oh, there's the interrupting yeah. bingo square. <laughs> Sorry. I'm getting punchy. It's getting late. <laughs> So did your husband have anybody in his family who was also a pilot to serve as a role model? I mean, this really seems like a like a hobby that you kind of need to have had access to in some way to pursue. Or is he just yeah. really that adventurous? He's that adventurous and he, he likes the challenges. He really likes the challenges. And he lucked out. He went to a, he found a school that, you know, really was good. They're really like the guy, the gentleman who owns the school, this gentleman, Doug has, he's got the background, like he can fly pretty much anything. He probably, you know, like any kind of plane because every plane, it's not like, you know, I'm driving my Ford and I get into say Amy's Toyota and it all drives the same. Each plane is slightly different. And of course you're up in the air. So it's not, <laughs> so the learning curve has to be right. So you can't just jump in another plane and his, this guy, I mean, he also has a job where he'll take people with money and fly them to places. I mean, he flies them across the ocean and gets paid to wait for them to finish their vacation and come home. Like, wow. you know, and it's, it's really, that's a whole nother, <laughs> there's a whole nother travel <laughs> niche for you. Do you fly? 
I do not. I well, I shouldn't say that. I take the controls when I'm in there, but I'm not. I'm not comfortable on the radio. They talk so fast. I'm so scared. I'm going to screw up what I say back to them. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> but I can keep it in the air and you know and keep it level and change altitudes and things like that. But I've never. Did taken you have to off. take classes for that? That's all just him. You know, like actually, like either of you, if you you know after COVID, if you wanted to go up in the plane, he'd, he'd let you take the controls. <sighs> <laughs> I wish that is the coolest right thing now. ever i love how you guys like you've said it a few times now like bucket list in wanting to do stuff like you've said it for your father bucket list for the trip and you've said it a few times like talking about stuff you know bill with like wanted to you know with the horseback riding going to gettysburg he wanted to do this i really i do really admire the fact that that these are bucket list items that are getting checked off right because it's i think a lot of us have realized that with what's going on now that we're we're not granted or guaranteed what tomorrow is going to bring. And we might think we have a million tomorrows strung out in front of us to get there, but you don't, you try to get these things done when the opportunity presents themselves, you know, and I, you know, whether it's, you know, Bill wanted to be a pilot and then, you know, Julia and showed interest and he's like, you know what, this is a good reason to go learn to do that. I've always wanted to do that. Exactly. And on the same note, sorry, now I'm interrupting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my father, you know, I told you about the Grand Canyon. And after he passed, I found all this literature that he'd done the research for the Grand Canyon. And one of his other bucket list things was an African safari. And it turned out that you had to be under 40 to go on an African safari. So he started following this bucket list dream of, you know, these vacations when he was in his 60s. So he couldn't go on that safari like brochure after brochure was you can't you know you're not and I don't even know exactly why but I think that's like a whole good reason to kind of think about your bucket list because you know I mean technically I'm too old to go on an African safari right now it's not one of my bucket list things although I do want to see the African giraffes but it's I don't need a safari for that yeah yeah so it's one of those deals where you never know what's going to hold you back like yeah it's Yeah, you do. You think, you know, one of the things you're talking about that vacation or that trip with your dad and, you know, Bill with Kendra and everything else. There's a couple of thoughts I have. One, the, you know, we, we call, you know, better family travel. We assume it's, you know, going as the whole unit, but there is something special about getting a little one-on-one time with one member of your family. And I've done that a few times with my kids and I, I do try to do it. So, you know, I, when Nathaniel was first, so my kids, William was four when Nathaniel was born. Maddie was about to turn three. She was one month shy of three. So they were the big kids with the newborn. You know, I'm like, oh, these old kids, this four and three year olds, right? Or <laughs> almost three year olds. And I worked full time and I had 16 weeks off back then for maternity leave, which again, very generous for the, the law firm I worked for at the time. And so I knew I wasn't going to get a lot of time with my older two. And so the last week leading up to the end of my maternity leave, and I was hiring somebody, you know, to come and also help with Nathaniel. What I did was I went out for a little time and I took William first and William and four love trains. He still loves trains and he wants to go to he, his, his bucket list dream right now is he'd like to go to Maine. Um, he wants to take the Monroe's too, but you need to know he wants to go to random woods in Maine because he's found out that there's a locomotives abandoned in the woods of Maine. So that's where he wants to go. But now I digress. So anyway, we, 
we went on a trip for the day. We went down here in Connecticut to Old Saybrook. So that was like maybe like 50 minutes from our house. Uh, actually, no, sorry, we didn't. We went to New Haven. We went to, we started in New Haven and I got the ticket on the shoreline east. And we took the train. We took a train ride to Old Saybrook to Pizza Works, which is a pizza shop right on the train track in Old Saybrook. So you get, you get off at Old Saybrook stop and Pizza Works is right there. And they have all model trains up at the top, which if you're in the area is an amazing place to check out. I highly recommend it. He loved it. And we went, we had pizza. I like looked at the train and then we rode the train back and on the way back because the way the the shoreline trains go you know the they just turn around so the engine is on both sides so the conductor let him sit in the empty engineer's seat at the back of the train and blow the whistle oh and he still remembers that like he remembers that day he's now like he's lived more than you know a whole he was four then he's nine and a half now so that was half a lifetime ago for him Mm -hmm. but that but that one day, that one day that we had, like, is forever. And we talk about it. So, but he, he's like, can we do it again? And even at the time, you're like, oh, we'll do this again. But you know what? We're not. We probably won't ever get that yeah. chance to do that one day again. And it was a great day. And so, you know, having that chance either as a as a child or, you know, with your parent or, you know, as a parent with your child, get a chance to carve out a little one-on-one time. And maybe, you know, we, we maybe do it around the house, but also maybe try to go somewhere, even if it's just, you know, within your state, within your town, but do do something together and have that experience. I, I think it's pretty something that stays with all of us. When we talked to Michelle Guijero, she talked about taking her son to Hamilton. Mm-hmm. They went to New York and saw a musical together and had this really wonderful bonding trip. It, you know, for them, that was the playing field that they needed to have a connection and share that experience. It was away from home. It was a short trip. You know, having that one-on-one time, especially with your kids as they get older, I think also is important for opening up conversational time. When I was younger, my mom always told me that she loved car rides with us because one-on-one car rides, because we kind of had the windshield as a buffer. We were looking forward and not at each other. And it was very low communicative pressure. And a lot of times that's when things would come out, uh, confessions or questions or sensitive conversations where it were able to be had in those moments. And I'm, you know, imagining being in an airplane, you know, mm-hmm. not only is it a cool experience to have, that becomes a shared experience, yes. but you also have that. Can you talk in an airplane? Is it too noisy? Are you able to have a conversation you can have a conversation and the pilot can mute you if you're <laughs> if you're being too talkative he'll i'm just curious kids up and some of them yep 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 and like yeah he needs to concentrate or he needs to talk but yeah you can talk we all have the headphones with the the mic on it but you don't have to tell me if you've had any you know the details of conversations but have those flights ever turned into you know opportunities for connection or conversation that you wouldn't have otherwise had a little bit, you know, seeing it's it's always like the three of us, it's a little, you know, three or four of us, depending on how many people go, is a little bit different with that dynamic as opposed to if it's, you know, where he's usually like him and one of my daughters will go on a trip once in a while. And I'm guessing more of those conversations happen because I know exactly what you're talking about on the with the car rides and the things like that. Because when I get my girls, I have two daughters. So when I get them separate, we have it's a whole different 
relationship and it's a whole, you know, those other conversations happen, which I love, you know, in different kinds. Yeah. It's also those, you know, listening to the two of the girls talk, you know, you hear different things. It's like, no matter which the dynamics are, there's, there's different levels of relationship, I think. Yeah. Well, cause you spent a lot of time with them, you know, when Julia Ann was doing, you know, coming, you know, you, you'd have to come here to Connecticut for her, right. For the, for archery and everything. Archery classes. There was a while that we were traveling to Manchester, which is exactly an hour twice a week. So it was two hours in the car together. And I got to say, I hated when she got her license. <laughs> like, you know, I'm proud of her and I'm glad she got her license. And, you know, but I, all of a sudden those rides went away because I always was the one that drove her to and from. And uh, that was nice because then that was truly, you know, you're in the car for an hour you know, twice a week, you know, well, two hours, you know, you know. I'm doing the same thing right now. I'm so glad to hear you say that. I drive my daughter to karate an hour away from mm -hmm. home um, for various reasons why we chose the best karate studio. That was the um, same with archery. Yeah. You know, so many reasons um, that we go where we go and I'll, and I drive her there because it's worth it. And a lot of the times I take all the kids because my brother and his wife and my nephews live in that town so we'll go to karate and then we'll have family time which is really wonderful and it's sometimes nice. it's just her and i and yep. it's the girls drive down and sometimes we'll just go to class and we'll come back and we have little traditions about we talk about the same thing at the same point in the car ride and we laugh about that like oh we're back to food again <laughs> or oh you know whatever or we'll stop at dunkin donuts on the way home and that's just a, it's a little thing but it's something that we both look forward to and i just I can see. I can see why I would miss that. Yep. Of course, yeah. she, I she's that. eight, so she won't be getting her license anytime soon. Yeah, so Ask me love. again after I've been doing this for two more years, and I might you know, revise my I never emotion. got <laughs> sick of the rides. I never, I don't know, I never got sick of the rides. And I mean, even, you know, like my husband has to go out to Ohio next week, so you know, my younger daughter, Kendra and I, we're, we're already planning like little things that we'll do while he's gone, you know, like and it's silly things. Like we go and we take RC cars and launch them off the skate park in the neighboring town. And, you know, just, <laughs> just silly, you know, but you sit there and you, you ride, drive your car for an hour, you talk, you know, you, you know, it's, so it's nice. We'll take the dog for the walk in the woods and things like that. So it's not necessarily vacations, but it's, plans let's do this like let's make this happen this week type of thing well i'm friends with both of you and i can say you're both very similar in making the ordinary everyday activities become extraordinary and i watched you both do that with your children and i admire both of you having done that you know the kathleen will take her her kids on the hike in the woods and you know just explore and they go on it and julia you know with you and your girls the way you, you know all the adventures you've had and you know none of these are you know we laughed about the, the private plan but none of none of these are budget most of these things don't cost a, a dime or very little you know and it's just the time invested and that quality time and some quantity time too the quantity yeah you know, there's some quantity time parts of it but you you guys have both done a really great job of you know doing that of making that every day memorable which that's what we get we get our every day right that's what we have the most of thanks amy that's sweet <laughs> and that is very sweet no. So. If you like hiking with your kids, you should try letterboxing. I don't know if you've done that yet. We have, yeah. We've talked about letterboxing and geocaching. Okay. That was fun. When they were little, that was something. They'd go hiking anywhere if they could go get a letterbox. 
Yeah. I think we have to try that with our kids. We're, we're, we're more history minded. William has become, he just is loves history and it's so funny because the other two were like oh not history again but they're into it too and you know we actually went for a hike out here in connecticut to an old tory den in the woods it was like the big rocks and that's where the tories during the revolutionary war you know those people who liked the british like <laughs> Julia, <laughs> those people um <laughs> were out hiding in the woods so it that was a pretty cool thing to say but yeah which, by the way, Julia, like, throws amazing, like, 4th of July. She celebrates 4th of July and Thanksgiving like nobody's business. So okay. she's she's all in on the U.S. holidays now, yeah, you so know. I'm an American and, citizen. Yep. Yeah. Oh, maybe we can have you on again. I would love to talk to you about that. Did you, I mean, did you have to do the whole test and? Yep. I did yeah. the whole test and, you know, I. That's no my joke. My parents did it at the same time as well because they hadn't become citizens yet. You know, we were legal, you know, legal immigrants, obviously. But we, you know, they decided when I did that they wanted to become citizens as well. And yeah, the tests and the swearing in and it was, it was good. It was, yeah. yeah. How, How old were you? <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> I think I did that. I think I did that around, oh gosh. I was probably about 22, 23, somewhere. Wait, yeah. did I know you when that was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it was, it was like, again, yeah, it was around either the very beginning of college. Um, yeah, so maybe not. Maybe it was right before I, we, like, we knew each other from school. Yeah. We didn't know each other, you know? Yeah. It, like, now that we're talking all these years later, like, I'm realizing like how recent past some of these events were. Cause like we would talk about these, you know, but those were your recent past at the time. Yes. That's yeah. interesting. <laughs> so, well, Kathleen, do you have any more questions about Julia's plane or her farm? And she's an amazing <laughs> writer too. She is actually has a published book. So oh, she, boy, don't you? <laughs> you have a book. She is. She's a writer. She actually, she got one book. You, you did get a book published. I got a book published and I got the thing in Reader's Digest. It's really, really my, that's my claim to fame at that's this point. Cool. But hopefully, hopefully a novel in the near future. We're working on that. What's the book that you got published? It's just a little like early reader, um, you know, kind of what you'd use in a school for a you know, speech therapist uh, called Not Very Messy Unless. So not very messy unless yeah so it came out in 98 and amy was the first person i called when it because she understood my writer world they <laughs> yeah i have so a copy exciting. i think it's in the other room i still have the copy so about iggy the hedgehog yes about iggy the hedgehog so did that and then 2013 i had a just a little tiny bit in reader's digest from a writing contest they had which was really kind of fun actually that's excellent so, what did you teach I am certified in early childhood and elementary. I subbed for a while, but I actually only taught. I ran, I worked in a preschool locally, and then I opened my own preschool on the farm while my kids were little. And I had, oh gosh, I, I had it until 2013. So they got, you know, my youngest was 13 when I closed it, but it was, it was fun, you know, because you bottle feeding lambs and you're hatching eggs and you're, you know, it became old hat to the kids. They were just, you know, their parents would go nuts and they'd be like, yeah, it's just a lamb. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just eggs. Like, so. Wow, that's amazing. Why did you close the school? I was homeschooling my kids and it was just getting to be too much. And my husband's job had changed. So it just all kind of fell 
into that point where it made the most sense. And, you know, it was kind of nice not to have the classroom in the house too, because half our downstairs was dedicated to just, it was a classroom. We didn't use either of those rooms for anything else. So, yeah. And she gave me all her Duplos and we still play with the Duplos to this day. Like I'm a big bucket of Duplos and they're they're still, William won't let us get rid of the Duplo. Like he plays with them a lot. He makes like uh, a lot of things still. He he loves playing with them. Oh, that's so. hilarious. No, no, yeah. they're still. Lego is uh, absolutely invaluable as yeah, a toy. My girls still have them but in their Duplos are amazing. I personally, I, there's something about the chunky nature of Duplos that I just, like, I really love them. And we have a whole bunch of them that we won't get rid of for a long time. We still use them. With the preschool, we had the big, gosh, they must have been like six inches long, soft Lego block. Like, yeah, they were fun. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just had early childhood all day too. I'm trying, <laughs> trying not to like open up that. Like, <laughs> I did birth yeah. to three for a really long time and transitioned a lot of little guys when yeah. they turned three a little late. They got to start preschool before their birthday, so I got to follow from home visiting. I got to follow them into their preschools and help them oh, transition. Nice. So I got to do a really nice blend of home visiting with mm-hmm. working in preschools, and I just. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it so much. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's a fun age. A little Well, Julia, thank you for coming on and thank you for sharing your stories and perspective on travel, both what it's like, you know, from, you know, coming from England and starting like the U.S. as a place to travel to and then making it your home, which I love that story. And then also, you know, the bucket list and, you know, just a lot of great a lot of great takeaways for our better family travelers today. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Thanks, Julie. So. It was so nice to talk to you. Thank you. Kathleen, do you want to take us out? Yes. Before I do, yes. I did just want to mention, you know, we talked about the Grand Canyon. Yes? yes. Right? Water. And then we talked about the beach and water. Well, better family travel tip, BFT tip tonight uh, is to go download the Go Paddling app. You know, I'm all about geocache app. Yes. I've talked about that. I've talked, I think I've talked about all trails. Maybe, maybe not. But Go Paddling is a super easy to use app that will show you everywhere around you that you can launch a kayak or a boat. Um, oh, so cool. Uh-huh. And we can talk another time, but you can group on kayak rentals. You can Google kayak rentals near me. You can buy an inexpensive inflatable kayak as long as they don't deflate in your Oh, my God. Seriously, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. <laughs> but there are options, and there's a lot real really close that you might not know is accessible to kayaking and some water sports. So I just wanted to share that because I hadn't heard of it. I'm sure lots of people have, but this is a really great app if you want to introduce your family to some super fun water sports as the weather gets warmer. That's so, great because it it's fun to see it from the water. To, oh, it, yeah. You know, and that is something that as the kids are starting to age, get a little bit older, you know, you can put, you know, either to the tandem or you could put somebody in the middle and so the, the kayak is the nice thing to do but wear a life jacket yes we are life jacket. Life jacket every time even yes. if it's not very deep children can drown in an inch of water that's my public service announcement helmets and life jackets friends seat belts helmets life jackets every time <laughs> and with that we're going to close tonight we're so glad 
everybody listening, you're enjoying our special topics, our interviews, and our travel tips. We could not do it without the support you show us by leaving feedback when you download our episodes and letting your friends know about us. Make your next stop our Better Family Travel group on Facebook and share your ideas and questions at askbft at betterfamilytravel.com. Extra special thanks goes to the crew at CMG Podcast Network, whose production expertise supports an extensive family of podcasters and services and more. Check them out at clovercrestmedia.com.